0: Welcome to Mama Maria's podcast. Why is it named Mama Maria's? Because we are both mamas and we are both named Maria. We also each have a beautiful teenage daughter who has special needs. We want to share our stories, experiences, and successes with all of you to hopefully provide you with encouragement and hope, as well as to let you know you are not alone. Let us begin by saying that we are not lawyers, healthcare providers, licensed counselors or teachers, but we do understand the various aspects of being a parent to a child with special needs and hope that our background will offer you knowledge and support. Our podcast is supported by the Association for Special Children and Families, which is a not-for-profit family support organization of professionals and parents who have children with any type of disability. You can learn more about them by visiting their website at ascfamily.org. We encourage you to email us with comments or suggestions for additional podcasts at Mama Maria's Podcast at ascfamily.org.
1: I am excited to announce that we have a new Instagram page at Mama Maria's Podcast. Please follow us there to get information or news about our future episodes. Hi, Maria. How are you tonight? Hey,
0: Maria. I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, and tonight we have Nicole, and she's going to tell us her story. Hi, Nicole. Hi. Hi,
0: Nicole. Thanks for being on with us. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, bring us back. Um, tell us a little bit about your story, and and about you know how you um, entered this world of of caregiving for yes. a, a child. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Right? This world. Of a child. Yeah, this child with a disability. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I am a mom
2: of two. I have a 21 year old daughter and then I have my son who is 11. Um, my son, my pregnancy, uh, was great with my son all the way up until, uh, you know, birth, everything was fine. Had a great, uh, birthing experience. Everything was, was perfect in my eyes. Um, I didn't, I realized like around maybe nine months that uh, Aiden was not, he wasn't where my daughter was when she was nine months, you know, he was kind of rag doll-ish, you know, he didn't really have good head or trunk support. He just kind of was, you know, kind of like a floppy. Like, floppy. Yeah. Uh-huh. So um, I was very proactive right from the beginning. As soon as I noticed that I, you know, he was different. I, you know, went to the pediatrician. I told, you know, voiced my concerns. And she uh basically said, you know what, let's give him some time. He needs to develop, you know, give him some more time to develop and we'll, you know, swing back around at his one year. So I, you know, listened to her and I, I left with Aiden. And she called me that night and she said, Nicole, I just, I'm having trouble sleeping. Um I don't think that we should wait. Something is telling me. Yeah. Something is telling me that we need to just move forward with let's, let's get the ball rolling. Hmm. So first it was, you know, an MRI, a neurologist, MRI. um, His MRI came back with brain abnormality, not necessarily brain damage. So I was a little confused back then about, you know, what the difference was, but, you know, over time you kind of do your homework and everything, and you know, you figure out the difference, but so she diagnosed him with CP, cerebral palsy, um, for, from her perspective, that's what she thought, you know, that it was. So yeah. I, um, went, we went through early intervention, which was phenomenal. I think early intervention really helped Um, with his development and it helped him, you know, advance a little bit of um, more than probably if he didn't go through early intervention. Um, So uh, early intervention was great. Um, He went into school, he went in, he's at a district school. Um, He, I, I, where he, where he goes to, for his developmental pediatrician, I decided to take a job there. I wanted to get, I just wanted to be amongst people that were like me. I wanted to get closer to doctors. I wanted, you know, just to make connections so that, you know, I can have people to go to, so.
1: And be um, part of that community, right? Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to be a part of
2: that community, like, immediately. It was, I gravitated towards it so fast. Um, So I found a developmental pediatrician at my job. I made an appointment with him for him to see Aiden. And he looked at Aiden by this time, Aiden is six. So he, so for six years, we had the cerebral palsy diagnosis. He looked at Aiden and he said, he does not have cerebral palsy. Really? Yes. And it was one of the most impactful moments. I, I think of this whole journey was I knew that in my heart, in my spirit. I knew that's what it was. It wasn't that. I just, for some reason, I just knew there was something else, but I, I had no way of proving that. So mother's
1: instinct, mother's instinct. It was just one of those things
2: I just knew. And, um, so he said, you know, we need to do genetic testing. And I said, I did that already. You know, when he was a year old, we did all this blood work and all these panels and, They all came back, you know, normal. And he said, well, that was six years ago. Mm
1: -hmm. There's
2: so much that has changed in six years. There's so many different new developments. There's all types of new scientific things that weren't there six years ago. So I went to the genetic doctor. Maybe two months later, they called and said, Aiden has a rare chromosome disorder called GRIN, G-R-I-N, the number two. B as in boy. Mm. Um, so it's grin to be related developmental disorder, which is very, very similar symptom wise to cerebral palsy. So that's why it's easy. Yeah. It was easy for her to diagnose him with that. So I know this might sound weird, but I was so happy. I was so happy that I knew in my heart that's not what it was. I knew. were you
1: relieved? Would you say that it was a relief?
2: I would say, relieved. I would say more relieved, not happy. I was definitely okay. relieved because I just felt like, okay, finally, there's there's something. So then, once you get,
1: decided, well, did you feel? I'm sorry to interrupt, but did no. you feel like you weren't heard?
2: Yes, I felt like CP is such a um, is such broad. a broad diagnosis that, you know, doctors will look at you and look at your child and just say, that's what it is. And I knew, you know, I, and I know that sometimes you can, you know, CP can come, you know, without really in different ways.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: But the ways that I was told, none of that happened. So for me, it was just like, there's just something, it's not, something is not right. So yes, I definitely felt unheard. I didn't feel heard until I went to the neurodevelopmental pediatrician and when he told everything that he told me to do I did it and that's how we ended up finding out about Aiden's rare disorder so
1: and for um, our listeners there's a lot of listeners out there you know nodding their heads and saying uh yeah this is happening to me right now where I feel like I'm not being heard and and that is a very real thing mm-hmm. For, is, for it's a, it's a many, therapy, many, okay. yes. Okay. And then um, what happens once you got the diagnosis? So once we
2: got the diagnosis, I mean, granted, nothing really changed, you know, as far as his care, as far as his services, his therapies, everything basically remained the same. Um, but CP was taken off of his diagnosis, um, you know, for medical records and things like that. Um, I totally embraced the Grin2B community. I, you know, of course Googled it and then found out that there's a whole Facebook page. There's a whole foundation. There's, it's, it was a whole world that I had obviously no idea about. And, um, and
1: did you feel, um, part of that relief that you had, did you feel like, oh, now I can find, find my community?
2: Yes. Is that how you felt? Okay. Absolutely. I felt like, First, it was okay. A lot of a lot of the children that I came across were from the UK. Um, So there really wasn't, from what I found out in the beginning, there really wasn't anyone locally. And then, you know, just by communicating and talking on Facebook in these groups, I realized that there's there's people right in the next town over. There's a you know there's you know then it got even more narrow. come to find out um, one of my son's classmates has the same exact thing. Oh, wow. Oh, so wow. it was definitely one of those moments where I'm like, my
1: people. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we feel, right? As as caregivers, when we find our people, yes. um, because um, you don't have to. And I think that's the thing with family support and have and trying to find that support as the caregiver is that you is that you feel this, oh, you see me. You yes. see what I'm going through. Absolutely. You absolutely. see my child. It's yes. The and,
0: of, and- it's the epitome of empathy. Because oh, absolutely. Yes.
1: When, no doubt about when it. When
0: you have people in, in the special needs community, there's such a variety, if you will, of types of special needs.
1: But right. When absolutely. you find
0: someone who has the same walk you're walking, <laughs> The yes. empathy is incredible and it makes Absolutely. you feel so comforted. At least that's how I feel. Com- comforted oh, I totally and understood. Feel that way.
2: Yes. Okay. And I feel like, you know, I gained some friends. Of course, you know, we're all, you know, across the country, but mm-hmm. even when it comes to little things that Aiden does that, you know, yes, you can still ask, you know, uh, people with children with other disabilities, but it feels better when you can go to your group Of your people, and they'll say, "Oh yeah, he my my daughter definitely does that. This is what I've tried." Or Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's a community that um I'm super super understands each other exactly. Yeah,
1: and you don't have to say much. I think I think that's the thing, and I think a lot of our listeners can relate. Just in general, when you go to a playground and and you see a lot of the um children playing, but your child doesn't play the way the other children play, and then you know if you meet. You know, there's that sense of community for those mothers whose 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 children are running around and they're playing nice. You know, and they're um and I think that happens.
2: All types of things, and
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happens? I mean, so so what is the situation now with your son? And 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 looking back and having that relief of that, you know, oh, this is you know, I was right about this. I knew there was something else, and and this is the diagnosis and here's my community where, you know, how is that for you now?
2: Now it's more, um, relaxed. You know, I still have, you know, my days and I actually just had a really bad day today, believe it or not, a very bad day with Aiden today. But I think the journey and the discovery of this disorder and research and everything like that, I think that it, it eases me, um, And it makes this journey for me a little bit easier, considering that I do have a go to community and I do have doctors that specify in this particular disorder. And they, you know, have all we have seminars and all types of things that literally hone in on what my son has. So I think thus far, um, it's been enlightening. I've been super educated. learning different things and uh learning especially different uh techniques on you know how to treat this and how to get him to you know do this so i think overall the journey has been eye opening i think that's the best way to describe it up until this very day it has been extremely eye opening
0: nicole that's that's such a beautiful thing to hear because when we can find value in the experience it it helps to ease the pain of it, I think. Yes. And it, it yes. makes us feel like this is okay. I understand I have a handle on it and I'm going to be okay. And my child's going to be okay. Absolutely. I wanted, um, I wanted to ask if you had any information about the prevalence, like how many people in the world or in the U S have this, um, yes. this disability and how is it manifested in your son? What types of disabilities does he have as an effect from the, um, from the disability for the diagnosis?
2: So from what, um, the last, um, uh, we get like a, um, it's kind of like a newsletter every six months. Um, we get a newsletter on, you know, new diagnosis and, you know, so, so far the last time I got any information, we were at 270 kids in the world. That's it. In the world. In the world. That's it. Yeah. So that's reported. That's. That's on paper, 200. And
1: there may be more. And you found one in more. your son's classroom. You you, yes. you found the child. I found a child in my
2: son's class. Then I did an in-service for my job for parents. It was kind of like a support group. And I found another mom and her son has the same thing. Um, There are a few towns over, but...
0: And that's what's amazing. You're saying worldwide, there's 270. And you know at least two others in your... Geographic community that's yes. pretty amazing. <laughs> yes so back yes. to the other question how is it how does it manifest itself um the grin to be in your son?
2: Okay, so Aiden has low muscle tone well he's he has mixed hyper and hypotonia. he's non-ambulatory, so we do use a wheelchair. Uh, he is nonverbal. he's not potty trained. he does use diapers. With food, uh, he does have oral dysphagia. So I have to puree every meal that I prepare for him. So I just did a TikTok on this the other day about how I make pancakes. And it was like, it was a hit. Everyone was like, oh my God, that's so cool. Why do you do that? And then everyone was so amazed that I have to do that with every single meal.
1: You're teaching other people this is the life of a, of a mom yes, who has absolutely. to care for their child and care for their child you know, completely.
2: Yes. Yes. So I think the preparation of his food is the most, uh, time consuming. Time consuming. Little. Yes. It's just, yeah. I make a whole pot of spaghetti, then I got to blend it all down. You know, I make salmon and mashed potatoes and asparagus. I got to blend it all down. So it's like two, it's like an extra step. Yeah. It's
1: like, you two know, dinners when almost exactly yeah. when you're
2: preparing food,
1: you said today was a tough day. Um, uh, yeah. Couple so what days. keeps you going? What keeps you going? Well, I just realized
2: today um, that social media, me sharing my experiences on social media, is definitely probably going to be my outlet and my go to. I know a few moms just in my town. My town is really small. I know a few moms in my town that have children with special needs, and I didn't even realize they're hurting as much as I am. There's mm, there. Wow. They're going through it as much as I, I mean, these are people that I know, but you don't really ever really know. You know what I mean? And so for me to voice how I'm feeling and today I, I was raw and uncut. I, I, I did a TikTok. I said, it's not a good day. I'm not having a good day. I haven't had a good couple of couple of days. I'm tired. This is this is what it looks like. You know, this is real you know, life. This is real life. And I usually post fun videos of Aiden and me and fun video and pictures and our dog and us playing. I never really get this side out. So for me, I think what keep what's going to keep me going now um, more than before is being able to impact people, but really impact people that I know, impact people that I grew up with, that I went to high school with that now we have this common ground that we didn't even realize that we had before and they live two streets over. Uh, yeah. So I think for me the way that I'm going as far as sharing my story and giving the ups and downs is what is going to keep me, you know, from losing my mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not del- I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you because, <laughs> because I think we've all been there for, for is, is it? Is it me or is it everything else? I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I've had those days too. I think Maria's had them oh, as yeah. well. I'm just yeah. smiling
0: because, yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so, Nicole, I wanted you to share with our audience the um, the type of job you do and how you find comfort in that because you're able to help other families with kids with special needs.
2: Okay, so I, um, in my job, I, my department is family faculty um, slash family-centered care. And so the really cool thing about my team is that all of our children are patients of where I work. Mm -hmm. So we are firsthand, we have firsthand experience, not only now on the, uh, Mom and patient side, but now we're employees. So our main role is to support families that are coming in. Um, sometimes they'll call me to say, "Hey, I have a mom who's about to get an autism diagnosis. Would you be able to come in and basically just be there?" Just sit there
1: and be there with her. Just sit there. Just oh, be awesome!
2: There. Yes. Then you have other times where you have a mom that comes in and she's. You know they're having some food insecurity, so then I I would go and give her resources on where she can go to the food banks, and you know, so it's a whole it's a whole big scope of different supports that we give families. But the main thing is that our main motto is that I get it, I understand my child goes here too. So oh, you have this this person that you're seeing, wonderful, you're in good hands, you know. Just and sometimes it comes down to I'm in the lobby and mom is there with her child trying to get services, but then you got a, her other child that's running amok. So I'll keep the child, you know, busy while mom fills out her paperwork and stuff like that. So it's a it's a vast majority of things that we do, but the the common thing that we our department does is we offer support to to families.
0: And how awesome that, again, it's an empathetic approach because Absolutely. you live it.
2: And Hands you, down.
0: Yeah. And what you remind me of is when my daughter went to preschool for the first time. And I was in, she went to a school uh, that was um, for, only for kids with special needs. There was no typical um, population there. And the teacher introduced herself. And she said to me, I want you to know that I have a daughter who has cerebral palsy. And at the time, she was eleven. My daughter was three. She said, "So, I want you to know your daughter's in good hands. Mm. I will recognize things that you might not expect because I've already done it. I've already been yes. there. Yes, and
2: yes. And
0: I was like, okay. And I, I basically was like, all right. See you later, honey. I'm going home now because I felt so so comfortable, comfortable. Right,
2: and, right, and right. Safe.
0: I felt like my daughter was going to be safe because she got it. Yes. And there were times when you know we would come late, and she said, look. I get it. Don't worry about it. I understand. Yes. And I know yes. she meant it. And there's yes. nothing like that. There's that's priceless. That's wonderful. Yes. I'm so happy yeah. for you that you get to
1: do Yeah, that. I'm so happy. I mean, that is an amazing job. I mean, that's and, and I and I understand also that feeling of I need to be with the people that understand me. And right. that's and that's what you provide. What has been the greatest lesson that your son has taught you, you think, um, thus far? Because I'm sure it's, you know, it's. It's an ongoing
2: thing, I think the greatest lesson right now is I've always been an empath, but I think my empathy has quadrupled. I think that um I look at life so differently, but i I empathize so much more. I mean, not even just with um you know a family with a special needs child, I empathize if you know somebody's in depression, anxiety. You know, I've I've kind of um, grown a heightened, yeah. yeah. It really has heightened. It has heightened. Your empathy
1: has heightened. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. That happened to me too, Nicole, and I and yeah. and that's interesting that you're bringing that up. That that's 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 been the greatest lesson because if everybody had their empathy a little bit heightened, we, yes, we would all be kinder to each other, right? Yes,
2: yeah. yeah. I did a, on my TikTok today. I was basically saying, you know. I'm not in, I'm not in a good space. If what you can take away from this video today is just be kind, be kind to people. You know, I, you know, if you see someone that's in a terrible mood, you know, just try to think about whatever it is, you know, what they're going through. They might be going through something. They might be going through cancer. They might have a relative that's going through something, you know, they might have a child at home with a disability and they needed to get out and get some air, you know, like just kind of think twice when you look at people and, you know, don't be so quick to judge them because we really don't know. Absolutely. We're going through. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And where, um, where can people find you? I, I, I follow you on Instagram. So can you tell people what your Instagram?
2: Sure. My Instagram is miss M I S S Horton, H O R T O N underscore 81. My Facebook is one mom, two worlds. And my TikTok is Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E, Ray, R-E, accent mark.
0: Thank you, so, Nicole. You're very welcome. Really Thank appreciate you being with me. us tonight and sharing Thanks your story. For having me. Thank, Thank you, for you so much. We would love to hear from you with suggestions for additional podcasts or comments about how our discussions are impacting your life. Feel free to email us at Mama Maria's Podcast at ascfamily.org. If you've appreciated and enjoyed what you have heard, please rate and review Mama Maria's because it helps us reach more listeners who will hopefully benefit from our podcast. We're so glad you're with us and that you want to be part of our lives because we want to be part of yours.